0: Hey you absolute beautiful thing. I'm, I'm not sure where I was going there. How are you? Tyson here. You're listening to the Relax Running Podcast. I'm, uh, I'm sitting here next to my mum's Christmas tree. I'm down in Gippsland for the week. Having a bit of an easier week. Putting the feet up a little bit. Taking it uh, taking it a little bit slower. That's what's nice about this time of the year. Uh, somehow my mum's managed to keep this Christmas tree alive for the last two weeks. It's in a big bucket of water. It looks incredible. Very impressed. Hope you guys are getting a chance to put your feet up over the uh, over the next couple of weeks. Hey, let's call this episode uh, a Christmas present from me to you, because that's the kind of guest we've got on the show today. Her name is Benita Willis. You've heard her before. She was on a little over a year ago now. She's the Australian, uh, Australian marathon record holder. Matt, she's honestly, just look at the record books for, for Australian women in the distance scene. She holds most of them. She holds most of them. She's uh, she's very greedy when it comes to Australian records. And, uh, man, she's just, she was an insane athlete. She's an awesome person. And uh, I was really excited to sit down with her again and pick her brain about, you know, a lot of things running. But specifically, I wanted to ask her about her journey into her coaching. Uh, she's working with her company. It's called Lace Up. And uh, I've tagged it in the show notes below for those of you who just want to have a quick look. Uh, Benita is a she's a wealth of knowledge she's a she's a very she's a very friendly guest she's very easy to talk to Um, she's just the kind of person that's just the champion to have on the show so I hope you all enjoy it as much as I do anyway I'm gonna get out of your way I hope you have a great week Merry Christmas big love to you and your family and uh, hey enjoy this one with myself and Australian marathon record holder Benita Willis (music) before I hit record was we saying it, it must have been just over a year ago I it probably like 14 months ago or mm-hmm. so you were um you're on here for the last time I had so much fun chatting with you so I was pumped that you were you were going to come back on but I was really keen because last last time we chatted we spoke a little bit about your lace-up running coaching and, and I was trying to pick your brains yeah. and uh, you know just understand a little bit about what's going on there but but has it all been gone the last 14 months has been a crazy month for all of us but how's uh well how's things in running how's things in life what's uh what's going on up your way?
1: yeah no we've been going really well you know um so because we initially started lace up um at the start of 2020 um just sort of about march 2020 when COVID hit um and we just really just started it as um some community sort of um on like events for people to just do in their own time and we got you know all these people we knew to donate some prizes like good uh sunnies and um you know we had some shoes and things like that and um we just created all these sort of online ISO challenges. Um, And so we had a lot of people competing in them um, and then we were sending out prizes. And um, and that was really my part. That was my partner, Anthony's idea, because we just sort of, we started a business, but we wanted to sort of do it more for the community first and then, then work on getting more people to coach. So that was a really good start, I think for it, because there was a lot of people, you know, when the lockdown first happened, Everyone was in lockdown. Um, I know Queensland has had it pretty easy because we haven't had too many lockdowns. But initially, at the start of last year, March, March, April last year, it was pretty hard um, for a lot of people to just. It was just so sudden as well. So um, you know, we've had a lot of people come up to us in person since then and just saying, "Oh, we really enjoyed those ISO challenges." And um, and you know, we had people from yeah, you know, Country Queensland doing them. Um, you know, Brisbane, Sunny Coast. Um, a girl I'm coaching now that was living in Florida in America she came back from college and um, I'm coaching her now so just a lot of people saw our little challenges and it was just a way to keep fun and they weren't just all sort of 5k running some of them was you know the most elevation you could do in in your running in a week or um, things like that so all different sorts of challenges Um, and we had something different every week so yeah so it was pretty fun and um, yeah we've just kind of grown since then Um, and we're sort of based here on the Gold Coast but we specialise in on, online, like individualised coaching. So, you know, I think the best way for people to improve is just getting coached, um, you know, to suit their lifestyle, um, their family, what, you know, how many years they've been running, um, what their goals are, how old they are, um, and all that kind of thing. So, you know, you can't really set one session or one program that fits like 10, 15 people, like everyone's different. Um, and that's sort of, that's what I love about coaching is that it's a bit of an art as well. So that's why we're sort of on the individualized sort of online coaching, but we also have a few group sessions um each week as well. Um but yeah, it's been fun. Um and we actually just brought a house um in Carumbin here on the Gold Coast and that's going to be our headquarters um for Lace Up, which will be fun, but it's it'll be a massive reno for a year first. <laughs>
0: Man, that's uh, that's exciting. It's been if there was ever a time to to have a business that was that was online, it's been the last 18 months, hasn't it? And that's the thing. I I find it really interesting because I I work with with, uh, to be honest, mostly like uh, footballers who are trying to improve the running element of their game. And the, the one thing that I've noticed and the one thing that I say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're around the corner or you catch up twice a week in person. If you can like what we're doing right now, if there's like Zoom or a phone call, you can touch base, you can chat about the training or email threads or whatever it's just that community that communication aspect and I um uh, towards the end of my running career I was training under Adam Didick for a couple of years and he was in South Australia and I was over here in Melbourne and I was a little bit nervous because at the time I'd only ever done face-to-face coaching and uh and over that two-year period I was like oh my gosh it helped because he was super diligent you know what I mean with what he was doing mm, so we, yeah. we would chat once or twice a week I would just let him know how it was going and The coaching aspect's good like that. I almost preferred it in a way because it gave me a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of freedom to be able to navigate what I was doing um, and then just have that person Mm. there as as more of a mentor, as a guide for whenever I need it. Like, how have have you found the the whole process? Because obviously the last few years since the internet's picked up so well, it's become more more possible than probably even when you and I were running competitively. But um, it's just amazing how much has sort of transpired, how quickly it's all transpired online, the last couple of years this makes it so easy to do this
1: yeah look I think um so I started um coaching when I was um working at Boulder Center for Sports Medicine at around 2009 2010 and I had a lot of online clients then oh, um yeah. wow. and i yeah way back then, and I still have probably six seven of those people I still coach so that's been like 10 years but I think they love the structure but also like you were saying like know it's more um they sort of know what they're doing but it's more to hold back or if you've got you know something going on where you might need to um to take it easy or you've got like a little niggle and you need advice on um you know who to see and things like that um but yeah i've had a lot of people um that that have done really well in america and they um they just love um i think just having someone there to talk to but they're like very busy people um and they probably don't have time to be at specific group sessions every week. So they need it to fit around their lifestyle. Like a lot of them have different work schedules every week. So you can't always give them a session on Tuesday. You've got to sort of fit it in with exactly what they're doing each week. Um, and, you know, some of the people I coach, um, they, you know, for their holidays, they go on little training camps. So some of the Americans that I coach, um, I've got a couple in Columbus um, and they often go to Boulder in Colorado for a week or two here and there for a, like for a holiday, but also to run. So, it helps if you sort of understand what they're doing and you can set a bit harder training when they're not working and they've got more time to rest and recover as well. So, yeah, I think people really like the aspect that it's all sort of centered around what you're doing and your goals rather than, you know, it's a big sort of group um, thing where everyone just sort of shows up and you just run around, Um, which, you know, there's definitely a place for those big group sessions, but, um, but my sort of client base is generally people, yeah, that are very busy um, and like, you know, my sister, she loves it. She's got three little kids. Um, she just qualified as a barrister um, just a few days ago. So I went to the, uh, a few weeks ago. So I went to the ceremony yesterday, um, but she's really busy, you know, a lawyer and now barrister and, um, you know, and three kids. And she works as the ombudsman in um, in Brisbane at the moment. So people that are super busy, they just want to know what their session is. They want it to be a time efficient session and sort of see their progress as well. Because these high achieving people, they want to see progress. So you can sort of measure all of that, that, that part of it. But I think a big thing about coaching and the clients that I have and the people that I have, they are such high achievers that it's about holding them back more so than um, doing too much. And that's where a lot of people go wrong with running. They just, you know, they, even if you're a beginner, you just want to run, you know, 10k straight up, or you just want to enter a marathon and not do much and just run it. But, you know, it's that's that process of the little steps to get to what you want to achieve. That's, that's something that you know, you can't, if you don't know anything about the sport, you can't really make that up. So I think that's when, you know, people are drawn to what you do as a coach. Um, but yeah, it's just one of the things I really enjoy it. But I love all the different sorts of people that you work with, um, because it's all sorts of people. It's not just one stereotypical person that you coach. Um, and I, I like that diversity as well. So I've always lived in fairly diverse, like little communities too. So that's what I sort of love about people that we work with
0: yeah that's awesome that's Mm -hmm. awesome what I love about your situation as well and you just touched on it then because I get the vibe that even though you competed at at such a ridiculously high level you're really good at like that interpersonal kind of stuff with athletes uh, whether they're elite or whether they're brand new to the sport is is such a special thing to have because I think it's just like you can be a good doctor and not boil down a simple message, or not have those people skills, and someone leaves the room like, "All right, he seems smart, but I just don't really know what I was just asked to do." Whereas yeah. in the running world, you've got that nice ability to be able to say, "All right, well, I've run I've run this fast for a marathon, but I can also relate this to you and your own situation," uh, which is a, a really powerful thing. So I was going to ask you with the with the range of athletes that you're working with at Lace Up, is it is it uh, like specifically focused at any particular group? Obviously, high achievers, you said. Take up a big part of the people you train, but are you are you working with brand newies, or are you working with elite, or, or just a, like whoever wants to be coached um, can, can yeah here?
1: Yeah, well, look, we have like an elite team, um, so we have about probably six people in that. Um, so we're not we're not focused on any particular sort of um, ability of of a runner. Um, so we have an elite team, and essentially um, those people. Um, you know, we we work with them as our our elites and really help with getting into races and, you know, getting, um, you know, we give them free product to wear our gear and that kind of stuff and very cheap coaching, um, almost free coaching because a lot of those people at that level, especially the people we work with, they're sort of, they're not in the NAS funding, they're not in the Olympic teams, you know, they're at that level where they're very good, but they get nothing from, you know, Athletics Australia or no funding. Um, So, you know, they're the sort of people that they're working full time, but they really want to make that breakthrough. So they're the people I love to work with, because I've just got no other support from anywhere else. So we sort of, help we have we and th- that's like um we've got a few girls that run about 240 for the marathon um one girl that can run under under 230 but she's she's american so not from oh, australia no. yeah, from, yeah yeah so we've got a got a few pretty good um marathon people um and a, we've got a triathlete that's pretty good um and just yeah just a few people that um and, and, w- and one girl in queensland that won the state 800 chance last year but she's a new zealander um but she's an up-and-coming athlete as well so Got We've got a, a little elite team but everyone else we work with is is recreational running um, and we have a few really real beginners but most of them are sort of um, people that can run between uh, 2.30 and probably 4.30 for the marathon. So that that is a really big range though. Um, but I like working with, you know, the beginners into the sport as much as the top level people. Um, so it just really depends on... Um, you know, we're with coaching, you've got to relate to who you're working with too. So I don't, I never approach athletes, like if they want to, um, you know, get coached by us, they'll come to us. Um, And I think that's a really big, big part of it as well. Um, But I also tell people that, you know, it's got to be sort of a really good communication, you've got to really believe in what you're doing. Um, And if you just don't quite believe in what you're doing, you're probably either not doing the right stuff or don't quite have that good relationship with whoever you're working with so um, you know it's just a matter of it's just got to work and um, if I've got people that I think it'll be better if they're suited in a different group I'd tell them that as well Um, but yeah generally most of our people are sort of people that work full-time got families um, but just love their running and love having the program each week and um, and just really enjoy it so we have like a Facebook group a close Facebook group and we have like a lot of chats going in there and just putting in information and things like that Um, but Yeah I think in general we have a lot of Queenslanders but I think that's just just normal because we're based here in Queensland but then I have a lot of people um, quite a few people in America as well Um, and so it's just sort of you know um, everyone coming together for the same like same sort of sort of likeness um, you know and people telling each other about people as well which I think that's the best advertising that we ever do is sort of you know you do a good job with someone and then they tell someone else rather than how many followers do I have on Instagram to keep yeah. writing about what I do? And, you know, I think it should all be about, you know, getting results, but also, you know, being a good person to the people you're looking after. And, um, and I coach as well as we have another coach called Janiel, um, who's awesome, lives here on the Gold Coast. She can run 240 for the marathon. She's a great, great little coach. Um, and um, also my partner, Anthony, who's um, done Kona Ironman, but he's also does trail running. So he looks after a lot of trail people as well. So, yeah, so we have, just have three coaches, um, but, you know, we look we look after everyone as well as we can individually. Um, and, you know, look, we've got Americans and um, quite a few New Zealanders that are really keen to come out to Gold Coast Marathon next year if they can, um, or maybe the year after if they can't. But um, they're always keen to sort of come to events that will be out as well. So, and, I mean, obviously I'd like to travel again at some stages as, well, <laughs> as well to see people we coach run. But, um, yeah, we've got... Got a lot of lot of people but um really good people and people that we really like working with as well.
0: Yeah, that's um, awesome. So are you guys are you guys with the local group? Do you do uh in-person sessions as well? Like is there a Sunday run or something that you guys do together yeah. or is it pretty much um cuz cuz at the moment that's one thing I've been trying to navigate. I've been a little bit lazy down here with the group that I'm doing and a couple of people that said hey I'm looking for a couple of people to run with and I thought well we've got such a good crew um that it may as well be something that we look at organizing but one of the things that you mentioned earlier which sort of reminds me of, of one guy in particular down here so so one guy who I'm helping out Matthias his name is, is he's a train driver and he's got the oh, most right. ridiculous training yeah. routine or the most ridiculous work uh timetable I should say so one week he worked from like 12 a.m to 8 a.m or something I'm butchering his, his work hours. And then the next week he does like the day shift. So on one week he's exhausted and he's got like way more flexible hours. And the next week he's got heaps of energy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah. a really interesting thing trying to navigate the uh the you know the personal timetables and training programs as well as the um as the meetups. But but how do you structure that? Do you give the option for for people in the group who want it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we do always do a Sunday run. Um, Although, yeah, we we try to be involved in community events. So this Sunday, um, there's a girl called Bonnie Hancock who um, is going to paddle on her surf ski around Australia. Uh, So it's going to take about six to eight months or so, six months. Um, So, yeah, so she's starting her paddle from Mermaid Beach Surf Club on Sunday. So we'll we'll go there for that. That's at 7 o'clock and then do our run after that. Uh, But, yeah, so... Uh, she's absolutely amazing like one of the guys that we coach he's going to be going around with her as a videographer um so yeah so he he's a great guy Blake Bradford so yeah so we have a bit of an involvement with the community with different people and I mean yeah she's and she's doing it for mental health for men's mental health um to raise money and she's fantastic person so I mean I think she's got to paddle about 80 k's a day to do it in um Yeah, it's pretty – she's a former surf lifestyler. She's a very good athlete, very good athlete, but it's going to be bloody hard. Like, it'll be great to follow follow her journey. So, um, yeah, so we'll go to see that launch and then um, do our run. But usually on Sundays we run um, and just do sort of an easy long run um, and then occasionally we'll have another session during the week as well. Um, So – yeah, it sort of just depends what's on. Um, I, I'll often be at events when we have an, um, have events up up here in Queensland when I can get to them. Um, and then, yeah, it's just sort of whatever else we have we have going on that we can sort of structure to fit, fit in with what people want to do. But yeah, it's just one of those things that I think it's really good to support like what's happening in the community and, um, and doing different things too. And especially this time of year, like I don't think people should be really focused, not, unless you're like the top end elite athlete, but uh, if anyone else um, in Australia, especially up in Queensland, there's no big races on it around Christmas, or it's very hot up here for, for races. Um, there's some trail races on um, and bigger trail races on into March next year up here. Like there's a big race called Noosa Ultra Trail that's in March. Um, but really, up until then, there's not much on. So you just don't want to train as hard as you can in the very hot summer months, especially through December. So it's all about having fun and doing different things too. So, you know, we might have a bit of a swim at Talabudra and things like that. So, so some different things, not just sort of running all the time and just focusing on, on your running. I think it's really good to just focus on other things and, um, and you know, enjoy what the community is doing as well.
0: Yeah, mm. such a good point. One thing I used to enjoy was just getting away from the uh, the running track and catching up with the people I ran with, whether it was down at the pub mm. or just down for a little bit of dinner and and just break up the conversation. It was always nice not to just be super competitive with each other. Myself and my best friend, we went through some tense years because we were both incredibly competitive and both around the yeah. same <laughs> level. So it was always awkward at the race. But when we, whenever we got away from the track, it could just, uh, you know, just talk shop or, or, you know, just talk a little bit of snack. I felt like that was as healthy for our own uh, <laughs> our own friendship yeah. as well as our, our own sort of confidence because uh, there's a couple of years there where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know whether we're going to have to reduce our competitiveness or just not be friends anymore. So that's a that's a great, stuff. especially up there at the moment. What's the um what's the weather doing up in in Queensland? It was I reckon today down here it must be pushing twenty five. Or I've just got like real white man skin and it feels hotter than it is because it's uh it's starting to heat up. I can't imagine it'd be any uh, any cooler up there.
1: No, it's, oh, it just gets real humid here every day. Um, and so it's been raining heaps, like oh, this week, it's been really nice, but I mean, it gets to like 33, 34 degrees and it's pretty hot, um, but it's the problem here in, in summer is it's like very humid from 5am um, and very hot and humid. So like this morning um, I was down the beach with my dog at 5am and it's very hot and very humid. Like he's like getting two drinks and like, I'm not even walking that far, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's it's hard to like hit specific paces in training. So I know in some, you know, often in Victoria, it's quite nice early in the morning. Um, And, you know, everyone up here runs at 5am, but I know in Victoria, 5am is pretty early. Um, But, you know, that's just, that's what they do. But um, the heat and humidity is pretty bad here for probably until at least sort of February, March. Um, But, um, but yeah, it's just sort of what you deal with, but with people I coach up here, it's very hard to just write a program based on what they can do for different, different events and based on certain paces. When, when it's really hot and humid, you can't hit the paces, so it's more about effort and feel um, and, and just backing off a little bit in summer, so not doing the really long runs and things like that, just sort of doing a bit more cross-training and, um, and sort of enjoying more um, what's around you rather than sort of just running too much all the time. And then we sort of ramp things up again, um, you know, into sort of February next year but that's i mean that's obviously different anyone i've got in america some of them have big races coming up because it's winter there so it's, it's perfect for training in a lot of places in america um, so it's just it's just depends on where people live and and what they've got coming up and and their goals and things like that as well yeah like a
0: nice little puzzle for you solve. it's so funny so yeah. <laughs> one of the things that i do down here is i write pre-season running training programs for for like the afl scene but then yeah. beyond that i write the same things for the soccer scene but then so AFL is super easy because it's like we only really play in Victoria, like a couple of other states dabble in it. I know that's not true, but like percentage wise. Yeah. And then you have uh, in the soccer scene, it's like, all right, well, you have amateurs and then you have professionals and that's just in Melbourne. But then you have like the international as well. So you've got like Spanish leagues and you've got English leagues. And so it's my head. I have to yeah. sit down with the board. I'm like, OK, so it's February in Australia. What does that mean? It's February in London. What, do, what does that mean? So it sounds like you're yeah. playing a pretty similar game.
1: Yeah, and that's a good idea. So do you have people from um, Europe that you coach for soccer in the off-season too? Like yeah, all those different yeah, leagues? Yeah, so what it is, yeah. though, it's,
0: it's more of a, um, how do you explain it? It's it, There's two options essentially. So you can, if all yeah. online, obviously. So you've got an entry-level program where you buy it and it just gives you like a basic guide as to how do you structure your program 12 weeks out from your, your season launching. And then the next one up from that is that, but then uh, we have a coaching thread. So it's a lot more individualized, you know? So it's, if you're dealing with like a little bit of knee pain or you trained too hard last week, or you're a train driver, you don't know how to navigate your timetable. Um, So I'll work a little more one-on-one with them, but, but it sounds very similar to what you're doing, but yeah, I've got, I've got sort of athletes in three different sports are the main one, like the football is the main one surprisingly, because I started this thing thinking it would just be distance running um and then distance running and, and the soccer's the newest one but it's um it's still quite popular because I never really realized just how intense soccer players trained until about 12 months ago when I was uh yeah. I went on a YouTube rabbit hole and I was thinking oh my gosh like and it was very similar to the AFL scene in, in a lot of senses so uh, it's been great for my uh for my head I reckon my brain is it's grown about four feet <laughs> I'm not sure yeah, yeah. that's amazing brain size but um yeah it's uh, it's something I can sympathize with or something like I can uh, appreciate it's a bit of a challenge at time to time. So how do you how do you yeah. sort of do do you have a, a little bit of a structure as to to how you get your head around what what uh, athletes in what phase of their training?
1: Yeah like generally I put in their sort of biggest goal race into the pro- so I use training peaks in my programming and we I put in the biggest races I and mean, then any, any sort of lead up races and then plan back with all the of specific long runs if it's a marathon or from the longer runs back into where they are now um but look if it's a if it's say if it's someone that's in their 50s and 60s um generally i give them a bit more cross training um because we know you know bone density decreases as you get a bit older and and if they've got a history of, of stress fractures i'd sort of give them more cross training as well so yeah i do plan back from the goal race but it really depends on the person and you know and and their history and their running history as well and things like that. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's, so it's very, and like I, I like your train driver as well, I have quite a few people that are sort of nurses that work through the night. Um, you know, I've got a guy up north that, um, that does really, really hardcore shifts. So he has five rest days in a row when he's working and then, yeah, then he has all these days for training. So it's sort of um, just structuring it to suit what they're doing, but also working back from, from their main goal and some people they don't know what they want to do or you know I've got some people and their main goal is Gold Coast Marathon next year which is July next year so it's a long way away so you know at the moment you just sort of do a bit of training to just get through Christmas and and January and then you look at some lead-up races to Gold Coast Marathon and start that you know marathon prep three months out so it sort of really all depends on yeah what people specifically are targeting um, so and then yeah working back but yeah it's just one of those things I um I I've been teaching some of the athletics Australia rec running um level one coaching courses and um yeah it's it's all like when I explain different things to to people just learning how to coach and to become a coach it's sort of a lot of it it, it's planning training but it's also that person like that um skill the skills to be able to have a conversation with people and understand what they mean and and get feedback each week and um and how you relate to people and how you understand their actual, their situation. I think what make is what makes you a good coach rather than just knowing what sessions to set to. Um, right. So, you know, yeah. And it's just, just one of those things that if you don't kick up on things, um, you know, if you don't have that sort of um, that, that way with people um, sometimes it's easy to just sort of just keep setting stuff, but they're, they're not really responding to the training or getting what they should be getting out of it. So how you communicate, with people, you know, there's so many great coaches that aren't, they're not good athletes. They've never been good athletes, but they're great coaches because of that relationship with people and, and how they sort of can structure things and and how they can get people in their mind to perform as well as they can as well. Um, so it's sort of, there's so many, yeah, so many different things going into coaching that it's it's hard. I mean, obviously you have to know what training to set um, and things like that, but there's a lot more to it than, um, than how you structure their sort of weekly plan. But like everyone I coach, I never write training more than a week ahead because, you know, people get sick, things come up, they might have a really busy work conference, they need two days off. So they tell me that the week before I write the training, um, I've got to have two days off. And so then I can sort of give them sessions on a different day or um, change the long run run around if they're travelling for a day to get back home from something. So it's sort of, yeah, it all sort of changes. But that major goal um, that people have is the one that you sort of always structure back from um and you know it, you've got to keep people injury free and and things like that as well and really enjoying it so you know you've got to have those those tra- different sort of phases of the year mapped out as well so you can't sort of train I tell people I coach you can't be so focused on training and racing and and you know you've got to get this done you can't be like that for 12 months a year so you've only got you know a few time periods per year where you can be really focused on an event or your training and you know you can be fairly focused all the rest of the year but you can't be like this is the be all and end all because you get to a point where you just break down so i always tell people mentally and physically you can't it's, it can't go for 12 months a year so even if i'm coaching that person for 12 months they do have periods of time where they're having a week off um, or you know they're having an easy week or um things like that so um yeah and i know brad beer who's a physio um down here has got the pogo Uh, up here he's got the pogo uh, Pogo physio and um the performance show yeah so he's sort of he's he's he's, he yeah he's he's a really good guy and there's studies that show taking a week off running um probably every depending on the person two to three months um helps with um bone stress injuries so just helps your body to really really recover so we do plan that in particular people's training as well. So it's good to have a bit of a scientific knowledge as well. And then knowing the person's history with, with stress fractures and things like that too. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a bit of a puzzle. It's like a puzzle, but you put all the pieces together.
0: <laughs> so true. I think it's, um it's a really interesting point. You were just saying about, uh, what was it? I took, I had an asterisk next to a thought and I forgot. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. So about planning the, uh, the training a week ahead. So, uh, a week ahead. One thing that Adam was saying that really stuck with me when when he was coaching me was he at the time he would give me training for a couple of weeks ahead, but he'd always say it's just written in pencil. So it's would say, "Hey, you got to communicate with me about what your actual week looks like." Because I'm the same as you with any of the runners that I work with. I just do a week ahead for the same reasons you just explained. Because I knew how much in my own life, like training, even even as serious as I was about it, sometimes it would get thrown out for matters that were sort of beyond my control. So. For people who are just doing it as a hobby, uh, you know, more of a hobby or just a general fitness and well-being thing, it's it's probably even magnified in that area. But um, yeah, it's so it's so helpful and, and such a good attitude to have for for athletes out there. I think who are who are trying to navigate their way through training. Like a uh, a lot of the time, I don't know about you. I speak for myself. When I, I used to be quite rigid, especially when I was younger. Like if I missed a training session, mm. it'd do my head in. <laughs> it'd really stress me out. Yeah. Then as I got older, I was like, surely this is just wasting more energy, uh, uh, you know, than what it's worth worrying about this session. Because I look at bloke and he's my classic example of the most laid back bloke in the world who just happens to be the best runner in Australia at the moment Stewie Chewie McSwain. Like you can't find a yeah. more relaxed customer than, than him. And I can't imagine like a, a session being muddled up on his schedule that would stress him out too much. And obviously that, there's a whole heap of other factors that adds to, to why he's so good, but I think just being able to reduce that waste of energy that comes with worrying about it is, is so helpful. So is that something that you sort of just navigated through your own, own career? Like, did you ever go through that period yourself where missing a particular session would stress you out or, or do your head in, or were you always pretty good at sort of rolling with the punches that just inevitably come up?
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I reckon when I was younger, like, so I first went to the Australian Institute of Sport when I was like 17 um, and like, you know you always you, you get used to like you've got a schedule and you don't want to like mess anything up whether it's like even uni you miss uni lectures or you miss you don't want to miss anything um and i think i had a bit of that mentality for probably probably until i was like 30 um so you know 10 years where um you know w- we're well into my you know early to mid 20s anyway where i would yeah i probably not as relaxed as Stewie um, when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so, you know, I think I learned probably by the hard way of getting injuries or, um, you know, I got glandular fever. I, I remember when I was first at uni training hard, um, just had too many things on. Um, and I got tonsillitis as well at the same time It was the first time I ever went to hospital was the second year I was at AIS when, um yeah, but like you just want to do everything and you can't. And I was trying to play hockey for, A and U, A grade hockey at the same time too, and just doing too much. So um, I think I'm more conscious of that now when I'm coaching younger people um, that might not have learnt, you know, the hard way um, about that. So I think um, you know people that are um, in their 40s, 50s probably understand it a bit better. But then if they're fairly new to running, they probably don't understand it. So you know, it's it's all about like yeah, their background to how I would sort of manage that. But I know when I was yeah, probably between 18 and 25. It was pretty, yeah, I was like, it was pretty hard not to miss sessions and things like that. But then you get better at it. And then as you get a bit older, like when I was in marathon training, and when I was living in America, I was probably a bit better at that and a bit more relaxed. Um, and I know, you know, probably the best marathoners in the world, um, a lot of them, you know, are a bit more relaxed about that. Because if you just push too much all the time, you're probably always going to be injured or sick or things like that. And you know, we saw this year, and I really admire Sinead Diver, um, probably in particular, where she's gone, you know, she's gone to the Olympics, she's had to do the quarantine, she goes over to London, she still, still runs awesome, so close to the Olympics, even though, you know, I know she probably wanted to run a bit faster, but like, she, ha- she was fantastic at the Olympics, like, just that travel, um, and that quarantine, and everything, but she's, but she still competed really well, and that's, mm-hmm. That's a really that shows that that someone is probably very mature with knowing what they need to do in their training, and they're probably able to back off when they need to. Um, and you and you sort of learn that as you get a bit older. Um, and I certainly probably learned it more, yeah, um, in the second half of my career. Um, and I'm I'm very conscious of that with people I coach as well, because um, it is it is very hard to hold people back. Like it's not that hard to tell them to do train hard because everyone wants to train hard, even a beginner wants to train hard. So um, it's, yeah, it's always that just have a rest day, No, like a lot of people don't want to take a rest day. Um, and I think full rest days, um, especially with rec runners can really help your body regenerate. And you, even though I know like if you have a full rest day, sometimes some people feel crappy cause they're used to running and they're used to sort of doing stuff and they have a rest day and they feel crappy, but then they feel good the next day. And maybe two days later, they do a really good long run or something that they you know, they might've been too tired to do if they had to sort of push through. So, yeah, I think holding people back is probably the hardest thing and that's that's what I would have struggled with, yeah, when I was sort of early in my career.
0: Um 100% see exactly the same pattern in myself and, that you know, just, it, it seems funny, isn't it? It's like a natural progression we all go through from like, all right, I'm going to be the best runner, I'm just going to do all the hard training, but we forget that the actual rest can be like a, a little bit of an added or secret weapon that actually can assist us rather than then slow us down. Yeah. But we've only got a, a few minutes left before I let you go. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. I just wanted to find out. So if someone's interested in in touching base with you and and joining Lace Up, like what does that process look like? They reach out and then what do you fire a couple of questions about, you know, uh, yeah, walk us through that process a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah. So often people, yeah, they'll um, get in touch. They'll just fill out our contact form on our website um, and then we ask them a few questions and then we, we get back in touch. Or they might send us a direct message on Instagram or, um, or on Facebook as well, send us a message on Messenger. But, um, yeah, we always get back to them. I have like a little form that people fill out and it just gives us a bit of a history about what you're already doing, what you want to do. Um, and just ask them if you know how many years you've been running and then I give them a call um, probably probably less than a week before I just after you fill that form in so it's just about getting in touch and giving us a little bit of information about your running history just so we know what's what's been going on before we give you a call so we always give people a call um, within a a week or so of, of contacting us just so we can kind of see what you want to do and it's never something we're charging for it's more just to see if it's going to be a fit to work work with us um and then we can explain about how we coach and and just see if it's going to be a fit for what what people are looking for
0: yeah awesome so. babe. no that sounds great well i'll um i'll whack you mind you it's not going to be hard for people to type lace up into into google but i'll put the uh the website <laughs> in the show notes yeah. just uh, for easy exactly. access for anyone who's uh, super keen to get on board but well, thanks for coming back. It's good to sit down and have a chat with you again. I was pumped. I always always get uh, nervous messaging someone back for a second time because I'm like, all right, come on. Like, I would love to. It, it's weird because all of a sudden we, we speak for an hour. I feel like we're best mates. And then I sneak back into your inbox 12 months later and go, all right, you're ready for, <laughs> for round two. So I'm glad you agreed. And it's not just like a, a one-way friendship where I like you and you're just regretting <laughs> or like doing your best to avoid coming back. So it's uh, it's nice to have yeah. you back on, B.
1: No, it's good. Yeah. And look, I love talking to people that coach as well. And um I, I can learn so much from you. And it's just good to um to be back on and just having a bit of a chat because I love it as much as as you do and hopefully a lot of the listeners as well. But um it's just about improving people's lives, which is fantastic. So yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: Nah, too easy. Thanks, B. All right, guys. Hey, we'll leave it there for the oh. weekend. and uh, hey, we'll be back next week. Cheers, B. I'll uh, I'll cut it off there. That was that was fun. That was great.
1: Yeah, it was good. Yeah, thanks it's so pretty easy. Like yeah, no, but you yeah, because like because you know so much about it too. Like it's just one of those things that you could talk for ages about different things. So.
0: It's so true. It's so true. Oh. I like with the um like a with the specific coaching one or like more of q and A, a Q&A style one. Just to make it, I, I deliberately made it a little bit shorter, just so it'd be uh, more of a bite. So some of them go for like an hour fifteen. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, we yeah. get the message across in. Sort of 45 and enjoy your afternoon. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks. Great. No, thanks. So, yeah, thanks for calling. Um, we have a good Christmas. Yeah, hey, you
0: too. Um, you too. And if you've ever got anything, did you
1: hear... uh, did, did you see Jess when she was in Melbourne? Uh, when no, Melbourne I did, I actually, oh, I no. didn't even
0: see a race result. Yeah. I, I spoke to her maybe two, uh, a month and a half ago, and then I said I'll yeah. try to catch up in Melbourne and just never followed up with her. I forgot about it. How did she go?
1: Oh, she. Yeah, she got, she she ran 72 minutes. She came third, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Pretty so, soon but the girls, a marathon, really.
1: Yeah, it's very close. Like, her marathon was very good. Like, I would never, I could never run a half even that good, like, that soon after a marathon. So, yeah. But, like, she, yeah, I know she was in Melbourne because I've got a few, people. like, I didn't have anyone in Melbourne because we just didn't think our board, we'd be able to get back because um, our borders only just changed. I think they were just open the day before, the day after Melbourne. But um, oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, just yeah. I just saw because she was tagging all these people she wanted to catch up with in Melbourne, or she tagged, you know, like some of her girlfriends that, that live there. So yeah. I was just wondering because I know you're friends with her. Hey,
0: yeah, I am. i bloody, you know. Yeah. I, I banned myself off Instagram for a while, so I haven't even been on. So yeah. you might have tried to reach out, and I've just completely snubbed her. So I'll have to shoot her a text message because <laughs> I'm a bad mate, not even saying good effort.
1: <laughs> uh, but she are uh, that 225 in Perth is so good. That like is so insane. Yeah, like, she's pretty – she's very – like, Jess, she's one of those people that she'll probably run better out of all those other girls. Like, I wouldn't don't put this on. But, yeah, I reckon she's got the most improvement because she's younger too. Um, So wow. we'll see how she goes. But 225 yeah. is pretty good in Perth. So. That's
0: bloody good. What did you run? Did you run 222 or 23?
1: What's... Yeah, 22, yeah. That's
0: so insane. But, like, it?
1: a long time ago, like, 2006. So, like, Lisa and keys run 223. And then I think the next, I think Sinead Diver, 224. So I think they're the top three yeah. times, I think. And then Karen McCann's runner, 225. Yeah, Jess, Lisa Waitman, um, Nikki Carroll, I think. Yeah, oh, really? so, yeah, it's just one of those things. But I, I still haven't tried the super shoes. i got to try them out. Oh yeah, I tell you um, what, it might have been a 220
0: if <laughs> you had the super shoe back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I've
1: never, I've never tried them, but um, yeah, and like I'm not fit enough to try them. I, don't, I feel like I'm not fit enough to wear them, but um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know
0: what you I went out for a run the other day. I was like, all right, I'm going to run 3K easy and 3K hard. And my 3K hard, I was working so hard on the way home. And I think my fastest yeah. K was was like 331. And justify, I can't yeah. justify a super shoe while I'm running the 331K. Wow. So I'm going to have to work on my fitness a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I just give people shit like if they're walking around. They walk around in them here, and I'm like, don't walk around. <laughs> There's people at my gym who
0: wear them. I'm like, mate, you've got the wrong understanding. Yeah,
1: yeah uh, so anyway, I, I've got to get fitter before I ever buy a pair. But, um, yeah. Well, but, yeah no, all, you, go, but yeah, no, they're all But if
0: uh, if you've ever got anything you want to advertise or plug or or just anything, just yeah. feel free to reach out. And yeah. uh, like, you're you, welcome. Honestly, I'm always looking for guests as well. So, does you a favor does yeah. me a favor hopefully um hopefully a few people yeah. reach out to you from uh from the podcast but yeah let me know
1: yeah thanks yeah no I love all the stuff you do and like I like people like Liam Adams I really like like just the really down-to-earth people like so yeah, yeah it's really cool you have a heap of those sort of people on so um but yeah, yeah. I, I, think cool. I, like
0: too. I think that's probably why I like talking to you because you're in that same boat as Liam Adams just that real conversation and just real stuff not just like doesn't feel so we're yeah. like oh so how are you
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and some people that's how they talk and it's annoying it's
0: so, <laughs> so, it's so um
1: all right well thanks and have a good christmas and um yeah I'll um I'll be in touch though yeah and cool. and you too as well get in touch
0: yeah, yeah thanks B all right I'll see you soon hey cool
1: okay right. see ya, ya. bye. bye.